Welcome to Art in the Open. I'm Shelley Miller, a Montreal-based artist working in the fields of both permanent public art as well as ephemeral street art. In this podcast, I'll chat with creatives and professionals who work in and around the industries of art and public spaces. M3 Beton is, in simple terms, a custom concrete company in Montreal. But they are so much more than just that. Specializing in the material of ductile concrete, this brother and sister duo create works of urban and industrial design, as well as fabricate public artworks. They've produced sculptures for well-known artists such as Michel de Bruyne, Carolyn Monet, Stephen Scofield, and even myself. Today, I'm sitting down with co-owner of M3 Beton, Claudia Croteau. Claudia, welcome to Art in the Open. I've known you for almost 12 years now. I was doing the math. It's been quite a long time since I first uh, came to see you about doing a fabrication sample. And over the years, we've produced two final artworks together and many, many prototypes and samples. I've kind of lost count of how many. We've, we've done a lot of uh, fun things together. I want to talk about a lot of the things that you do at M3 Beton, uh, because as I mentioned in the introduction, you do public art fabrication, but you also do works of urban design. Um, many people in Montreal especially will know of your ping pong tables <laughs> that are throughout the city. So before we get into some of the uh, urban design uh, products that you do, I wanted to ask you about public art and how it was that you started doing public art fabrication. Was that something that you had planned to do or, you know, you seeked out those opportunities or did it happen more organically? Um, a bit both because, in fact, we were, um, when we start, uh, me and my brother, um, the idea uh, was to show the concrete to the people in its beauty side, right. kind of. So we want to uh, see more concrete in around uh, around our life uh, that would be beautiful. So the art, when it happens to be uh, at the beginning, we were thinking, uh, we, we were using um, art of concrete or right. words like this. So it kind of, when, when Michel de Bouin uh, came in, Early uh, at the very beginning of our company, because we uh, started the company December 2007, and already in 2008, uh, Michel uh, uh, called us to see if we could do something in concrete for him. It was a uh, so he, he came to the uh, to the studio and he showed us the little maquette avec, uh, with plasticine. Right. <laughs> and we say, oh, okay, it's interesting. What's the size of it? Because so, it was very small at the beginning. <laughs> size is important. <laughs> size is important. <laughs> Budget, size. Right. So he said, oh, it's going to be quite tall. It's an arch, uh, kind of. And uh, so it's about 10 to 12 feet. And okay, um, yeah, I think we can do it. Because we had the this nice studio at the beginning that was very high um, the the, the, roof, the roof, the ceiling was very high. Yes, so, I remember that. Yeah, that so building. 
we decide, oh, yes, it's possible to do it in the space, because this is sometimes the problem. Uh, later on, when we move to a smaller place, with the, right. uh, we yeah. were limited. Like we would say at that time uh, to the to the artist, uh, but your biggest artwork will be nine feet, seven inch. <laughs> it has to fit in the atelier. <laughs> so, but at the beginning, it was not a problem, the height, uh, except that The height could be a problem when we do the mold and we pour because the concrete will uh, tend to um, want to get out of the mold and the pressure is um, more and more important uh, with the the height of the of the of the mold right. or the structure the the, the the sculpture at the end. So it, we were very uh, happy with this idea of working with uh, with uh, an artist to do an artwork something big because also we wanted. We saw it as an opportunity to show to people what we can do because it was a technical uh, project with right. lots of uh, defi challenge. Mm-hmm. And it was also interesting, I thought, because we knew that this concrete was a new way of uh, a new concrete. And it was a new concrete in, for many reasons because uh, it's a concrete that it is really good for an Arctic uh, climate, the, the The winter conditions. The winter conditions, yes. Especially. Yeah. So it was interesting to think, ah, we will have um, um, an artwork that will be able to be uh, uh, easily accessed by future clients or right. uh, uh, the people. Uh, it will work as a pedagogic way also of showing the concrete uh, in is a uh, hard condition. So at that time, uh, let's say 2007-8, when you started the company, were you mostly working with traditional concrete or did you already start with ductile at that time? Yeah, we already start with ductile, but we were not uh, um, we were not only doing ductile at the time because uh, Guilain, my brother, had the, the experience with the traditional concrete. He had work in Vancouver with the traditional uh, uh, artisan, a craftsman there that was doing countertop, fireplace, um, things right. like that. So he, he did a little bit of furniture for the inside. He was mainly working for a high-end residential uh, client at the time. And so he, 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 he worked there quite a lot of years, probably, um, if I remember well, around 10 years. Oh, okay. So at the beginning, when I joined him after uh, studying in uh, industrial design, I, I joined in join in in Vancouver uh, to start a company together because uh, his uh, first uh, employer was uh, getting uh, older a little bit and he wanted to concentrate on doing only concrete floor so it was uh, it was an opportunity for for us to uh, keep Uh, doing uh, take over part of that business that he wanted right. to leave exactly and push it a little more because for me I wanted to do I was um, in love with uh, architect like Corbusier mm. uh, Tadawando and and I wanted to uh, to work with the the material mm. and design uh, things um, at the beginning I was thinking more of designing urban furniture and things like and and, and things like that uh, working outside more and but we start with the residential and after one year we moved to back to montreal because we thought mm, maybe we don't want to live all our life in bc even if it's a nice place so we said mm, before the company is well known and everything right. it's better come back so we said Okay, start again. So we start again, and this is uh, in 2007. So, so we already in 2008 we have 
the tree concrete. We have the traditional concrete. We have a, a special concrete, which is a dry concrete. So it makes us make a different work with it. Uh, we, it's more like a past at the time, and we press. So right. it's a press concrete. I know uh, Guilain has used that on some of my samples. Yes. And I know when I first came to you with my very first sample idea, we used traditional concrete, and it was it was uh, books. That was the very first time that I used books integrated with other kind of objects. And the area that had the pages, Guilain decided to try some ductile just in that little spot. Right. And that was the first time that I saw ductile being used. And it was just the beauty of the detail that it could capture that, for me, convinced me that I needed to work with this material somehow in the future. Because I didn't get that commission, but I, you know, obviously got shortlisted for others, and I kept this idea of, like, wanting to push that idea more. And so for me, that's sort of why fabricators and the relationships between artists and fabricators is so important, because you, as a fabricator, know your material. And, you know, I like to find fabricators who also like to push the limits and the bounds and to test and experiment, and that's what I think artists typically try to do as well and so to to find a fabricator that has that same kind of vision for um for experimentation is when real magic can happen because you show the artist what you know and then the artist gives you another idea and it's like tennis you know it's like the ball goes back and forth and together you can come up with something completely unique Exactly. And when you get to know an artist more, you can even, sometimes we discover things. Uh, sometimes it's le hasard, but sometimes we want to do something and we finally succeed to do it. But sometimes it takes time. It mm -hmm. doesn't happen because you want. Because it's a material you have to uh, to learn to uh, to work with. Because the we the traditional concrete is a way, uh, is a concrete that you work in 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 a way that's very different than the high performance ultra high performance concrete so even for my brother he had to to step back and and learn again to right. work and when we work with artists we also push the limit often because they come with uh, that's also why we like to have this part of our uh, of our year work that is uh, um, done with artists so usually we do one or two Uh, artwork a year and it's mainly in winter we do this so right. in the calendar of the company so we have time to work on those projects more and you're right we have discover or we have see what we believe the material will do so mm -hmm. this um, what, what you just said about the uh, the precision of the uh, of the material, it's real. It's a nano material, so it's a material that's very fine, fine, fine particle, and that makes it very easy for him to mimic the mold. Right. And we take all, the detail of details. the mold. And we even saw. You remember when we work one day with paper color, it, yeah, uh, and with the book, it even it mimic mimic the detail, but he also sometimes take the ink. Yeah, Out the of, ink was soaked out. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it was a... New discoveries for both of us. Yes, and we thought, hmm, okay, so you have to remember that's upside down often, so right. the ink <laughs> doesn't make it uh, something that's easy to read, but uh, or to, but it's, it's, there is already there a possibility to, to create with this right. kind of uh, 
I guess um, for people listening who aren't familiar with ductile, we should maybe review a little bit that it's ultra high performance concrete. And as I understand it, one of the also the main differences is that it comes with a fiber reinforcement already inside the material, correct? Yes. And this and, is what makes it so, so strong and stronger than traditional concrete. Yes. And it's so, so real that you don't have also, uh, you have no more... Um, Metal uh, armature, um, you know the right, like the rebar. Yeah, exactly. So that's um, that's very interesting to free the form, and it doesn't have traditional aggregate inside. Exactly, this, correct. Yeah. So this is also why it's a very fine powder. It's a very homogene, uh, homogeneous, homogeneous product. And sometimes it looks more to me. Uh, maybe people that haven't seen it will think. Uh, maybe they want to think of. a Material like ceramic, porcelain, because right. it's uh, sometimes it looks more like this, but it's strong. Like uh, when you make a a beam in construction in ductile and a beam in metal, you will see they're pretty much the same size compared to traditional concrete, which will be very bigger. Right. So it's also a lot of thing that's different with the ductile. The aesthetically is very different because you're right, there is no aggregate. So it changed the look. The color also, they can, and they are more uh, vivid. They are more, uh, yeah, much more saturated, the color, uh, because we start with bays uh, that are white. Right. And also the, I think also because of the fineness of the ingredient, uh, it caps probably more the pigment because there is more surface. I, but on, all around, the the when we you do traditional concrete it's really you always see pastel color but mm. with ductile you can have very vivid color bright and vivid yeah yeah uh, so this is very interesting for the art and uh, I would say also the, the the way that it's the because there is no metal anymore uh, armature that makes you can free the form but you also have the form getting much more thinner so with ductile we we. We will often uh, make, uh, if you remember your artwork, they are empty artwork. They are like shelf. Right. And we can take advantage of it. And as with just working with you, we have seen this in your work. You have first uh, the first work, uh, the, the, the one that was like a circulation. Right. Uh, we had a, a back that uh, did not show that it was an empty work inside. But and the, then the next one. Yeah, the next one, you you decide to expose this. And I was very happy because I thought um, that is the the real reality of this material. So mm. if we like it, we should like it also in its uh, shelf yeah. uh, shape, kind of, or skinny shape. It makes me think, uh, I've been reading a lot about the architect Louis Kahn. Oui. And, um, you know, his belief that you should expose the material and sort of show the beauty of it and not deny it. And I, I, I agree with you that I think concrete can be so beautiful. But, you know, we often associate it to sidewalks and falling bridges and these other things that really have nothing to do with what the potential is of concrete. And that's also what sometimes it's difficult with an artist starting to work with ductile. If he has experience with traditional concrete... It may be difficult for him, a little bit like I said before with my brother, because he thinks in a way that the doctor will, would like to work differently for his, uh, to the profit of his art. So right. often the first project, it's not the one that will 
uh, get the, in the reality. It's the right. learning curve project for the artist and us. Yeah, uh, definitely. Together. And after, uh, we will see that the, the project will tend to succeed uh, to the the fact that they will be in the in the city after but the beginning at the beginning it's really a learning curve with the artist and and uh, this uh, I like when we have a repetition with an artist because uh, we go further with the material and uh, like we said with the art when you we use it empty the second time the older thing that was it was showing is the the mark of the mold or the mark of the construction mm. and that's also something interesting some sometimes to to let go uh, to the public to so they get to know because remember when we look at the the mold in your project sometimes the mold are so nice yeah <laughs> and in my case there it's a mold that gets destroyed in the process yes they, so yeah. you have to really uh, trust that it's going to work <laughs> oh yes because <laughs> there's no there's no take two often the mold is such a beautiful object in itself right and in my projects as well with working with you i've learned that having the right engineer is key because when you're working with a material and you know if you're doing large scale sculptures as an artist i need an engineer to stamp and approve my design And I've learned that the thickness that I'm allowed to use often depends on just the personal opinions of some engineers, how much they know about ductile or certain material. That goes for other materials as well, how much they like it <laughs> as well. So I think, um, I don't know if you've experienced that with working with other artists, but the challenge of finding engineers who also understand the material and want to kind of push The boundaries and limits of it. Right. It's a bit like finding for you a, a manufacturer or a, a, an artisan that want to work with artists. We also need uh, the other person, uh, like the engineer, that has he wants to work with the artist because yeah. it otherwise he will make us do what we don't want to do or it will uh, transform your work and too much, too much, and it will not be interesting anymore and for us also because it will sometimes not show the possibility of the material and in this sense as artisan or designer of, of ductile we are sad also because right. it's a an, 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 an occasion missed right see to show uh, the reality and the potential of this material so yes the engineer are very important and when you find the right engineer i will just call them maybe artist engineer <laughs> but it's so fun the dynamic because they can help also they yeah, can absolutely they can make us go further uh, you and us so it's very uh, important and i would say also the person that do the mold because sometimes mm. it's not us that do the mold more right. and more we will uh, Uh, work with the professional mold maker because of that, because they can help us go further for you, for your artwork, for us to push the material further. Um, also, to uh, they will be good for the reaction with the engineer, what they need. So right. everybody has to work at the same times. And sometimes at the beginning, this is what we did not do so much. But now uh, we try to... Um, at the early stage uh, to work with the artist the engineer and the mold maker and even the one that produced the one one size sometimes it's right. not yourself the artist sometimes it's some a company that do uh, 
CNC uh, work. Uh, right. So all it's such things. a has to be such cohesion between all the different um, players mm-hmm. and all the different um, people that you work with. For sure, it's such a relationship. Even the people that will install after. Hundred percent. Sometimes we forget about them at the beginning. Now we try not to forget them because no, and my installers are key often in my development stages because they give me such good advice on also engineering and just what's what's possible in your budget. <laughs> exactly. So it's a very big team, in fact, when we do an artwork project. And so that's why it's nice when we repeat uh, business with some of them because we we are getting better at it of everybody and we don't talk so much for we know ah this you will like if we right. do this or uh, save so, a lot of time right save a lot of time and makes the art work at the end and see uh, yeah available for the person to see so I think it's uh, it's uh, when a person that never worked with ductile uh, come to um, Uh, to want to work with it, it has to take uh, maybe more time to check what's available already in the in the uh, in the world. What's done, so he knows more, right. and eventually have a team with him or other partners, and that uh, it has more chance that it works. And so uh, I think this is, and also I think the idea of keeping some time to do prototype. Sometimes we we neglect this part, but it's important also because all of all these people want to talk together, and sometimes it needs not words, but uh, a little bit of uh, concrete or just a, a physical, physical sample to yeah. test it out. Yeah, right. Um, you've mentioned a, a little bit of this, but. Why can you elaborate on why you want to continue working with artists? Because you know, I know that when an artist goes to a fabricator, some some fabricators I can sense don't always like to work with artists because you know maybe they're a big company, they have lots of corporate clients where they're making you know big money. So an artist is always going to demand more attention, more time, whatever we're asking of you is probably something you've never done. There's something really custom and special about it. And I, I get that some people don't want to put that extra time and effort into dealing with artists. So why do you? <laughs> why do you want to continue working with artists? <laughs> sometimes we ask ourselves also. <laughs> I'm sure honest. you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and it happens sometimes we'd say, okay, for one year we don't take any artists just mm-hmm. because we have to take a pose. Because it's very stressful, in fact. For, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Because we want you to be happy. We want all the other partners we talked to get the, before uh, that are part the engineer and the installer the mold maker to be happy and at the end we want nobody to lose money and um, so that's why now we decide okay but we like it so much and why we like it so much probably because it's um, it push our limits Uh, it gives you know sometimes a company will uh, go rafting with their people uh, to but Us, the raffle, it's the artwork we the do for team you guys. building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we team building with this because it's so stressful and, and happy at the same time that right. it makes the trick. It's But, rewarding in the end. Exactly. But if you do this all the time, you, I don't know, in French we say brûler les, <laughs> la gang. We will make them too stressed a long time so they will not be happy anymore. But right. if we do it sometimes, so that's why we usually, 
usually do one, max two artwork a year to a bit make it possible because of all this. It's a Otherwise, it's too risky. Mm-hmm. and So you can actually spend the time and focus. Exactly. And we usually, and, and this is when we have time to focus, and it has to be in the winter time right. for us in, in, in our company. For the production. Exactly. Okay. So this is when we will be uh, opening to art uh, because we like it, but we have to fit it in our production and in our reality. And But we can do it. And it happens to, like I said, once or two, two times a year that we do it with artists. Um, right now, we've been we are working with uh, on our artwork um, right now, and it's very nice also because this time we we push again the limit a little more. We are working uh, the ductal in kind of a lace dentelle. Mm. so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think this uh, artwork. Uh, will please um, the artist and make them see the potential of ductal in his um, mesa, his uh, tin uh, side. But it's uh, empty. Uh, there is a lot of hold, right. the hole in this uh, in this art. So it's very interesting also to see that you can have the light through, right. going through, or the emptiness uh, show. The, there is no material inside, mm. and you see it from the whole. Well, I've seen ductile used a lot in Europe for architectural cladding, almost like um, Islamic jali screens, where there's lots of holes and openings. And I mean, I think that's where it's probably been used most um, prevalently is in architecture, and more so in Europe. Would you say? Yes, but it's originate from Europe. The right. ductile it was invented in France, so it's it started there, and it's uh, the commercialization of it is uh, 2005 in Europe and 2007 in North America. So we start at the very beginning with the ductile, right. uh, with the M3 beton. But the the thing is, um, in North America, it seems to have developed more in engineering structure. Like you will see more. Uh, the bridge being done with ductile, um, and then in Europe it was more the architect uh, cladding. Right. Okay. So it started like this. Uh, there were a few artisans working also in Europe, uh, making furniture for the residential or the outside. I haven't seen uh, artwork uh, very much. Uh, we, in this sense, we are a bit unique because we do a lot of artwork. But um, I think this also, um, it's because it's it's uh, difficult to start the business and start with the artwork. Right. So for us, uh, it happens like this, but I think most of the people, they they tend to... Uh, see it as a an extra challenge because everybody's new to ductile in 2005 or 2007. So now it's been 15 years we work with it. So yeah, but uh, at the beginning everything, uh, even uh, just doing a a countertop, uh, was a, ch- a little challenge because we were trying to make them very tiny, uh, right. skinny, and so it uh, it will react, it will curve, uh, it will. Um, yeah, they were a d- different challenge. But with the art, um, uh, more and more we do the artwork now, uh, we can more express uh, 
and uh, that was the problem with the the countertop. I mean, it was just the the thickness that we were changing, but uh, we were not showing the possibility to uh, empty a shape or to have a shape that's empty or to have the possibility to curve or make holes in it. And so that's what the art uh, or also sometimes the urban furniture can show. And this is what I like also with working with artists is we can use it as a, a way of Uh, showing the potential of the material. Right. Yeah, even as an artist, I know when I first started to propose it, there wasn't a lot of precedent projects that I could compare and say, well, this has been outside in this condition for 10 or 20 years. That didn't exist. So when you're trying to convince a jury that this material is durable and it's permanent and it's good for outdoor urban environments, you know, in the beginning that was a little tougher because there weren't that many other projects. Now, I feel like not just, you know, there's quite a few in Montreal, but there's also some in other cities. I feel like, you know, juries and commissioning boards are a little more willing to to want to commission it because they also have seen more and more projects over the years develop in cities where they can see how it weathers, how it ages, and just how durable and and, uh, permanent it is. So it's getting easier, I think, as well. Yeah, it's even getting further than that now. I think they're just not uh, uh, more, um, like you said, they they are open to it, but sometimes even now they um, propose. Mm. You know, we have done also um, restauration, so uh, you have sometimes uh, two or three works we did in the city where of Montreal where um, it was a traditional uh, maybe religious uh, pers- personage uh, and uh, they, they were done in traditional concrete right. and they had an um, uh, aging problem because the traditional concrete is not uh, uh, very good in, in longevity like the doctor. So they decide knowing that it um, will be uh, way stronger in ductile in, in terms of uh, perinity or durability in times. They ask to, can you do it in ductile? They ask now the architect to think or to um, uh, evaluate the possibility to do it in ductile, not in the traditional concrete, even if it's a piece that is to be redone to put at the same place. So uh, we have uh, done um, a few um, experiences like this, and it's very interesting because we can uh, uh, the, the 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 old part will serve to make the mold, and you will see. The doctor is so precise that you will see the age, the aging of the old part. Right. So when you put it back, it's like, like the wrinkles. It's <laughs> like if it was a, a never being taken away. It's just where exactly it was. It right. was so it's not making a new piece. Uh, it's making the piece where it was at right. is level, but for a new uh, terms. Right. So <laughs> long terms. It'll go forward into the future. Not changing as rapidly. But now it will not change as rapidly. Yeah. You're right. But at least it will not break and it will not uh, have to start again in 30 years because usually concrete like ductile will have a life span of more like a uh, hundred years. Right. So this is what's interesting. Also with this material, it's we're looking at things that uh, are not uh, going to be a waste in a few years. Right. So yeah. it's very environmental friendly in this sense. And you did a complete, um, you completely redid an existing artwork in Montreal, correct? Uh, Yvette 
Bisson. Yvette Bisson, yes. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I say Bisson, Bisson, but I think it's Bisson. Yvette, uh, it was very interesting because uh, we met this lady. Uh, she was, um, I think, 94 when she came to the studio to uh, see the artwork complete. And she was very happy. So and just a bit of context. This was a sculpture on uh, Nuns Island? Where uh, is it? No, it's... Uh, uh, Jean Drapeau? Wait, is that... And so it was made in the 60s, yeah. I believe. And as you say, it was made in concrete, traditional. Over time, it has just started to erode. And so uh, was it her who initiated it or was it the city? It was the city because they, the city owns the, the sculpture. Correct. Okay. Um, and when they make, uh, they, have to, they have to take it out because it was a bit uh, unsecure. You right. Know, the, Part could fall on right. somebody and so they had for a few years uh, I think since uh, at the beginning I think it was in the 1980s that they the, took off the part from the park and it was there and waiting for a solution or a budget okay. probably both for and, restoration <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the project uh, came to life of uh, remaking it and in in this story what's really fun is that the person um, uh, did uh, was uh, still alive to see the, right. the restoration and she was uh, very open to the idea of uh, Uh, making it a uh, hundred years work now for or, or more because uh, her was not have not lived so long in fact right. and at the beginning uh, when she did it it was very something very difficult to do because she was working with white concrete and she mixed herself the 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 concrete and so she knew uh the difficulty of of doing art in concrete yeah i'm sure and but this time she was uh so she said it was fun to do it for her knowing that she knew a little bit what we are doing for her so it's it was a very special uh work and also because uh, the person that did the mold was um, the student of the of Yvette was it Jules oui Okay, right. and he was a so it was a three kind of a three generation right. work. Yeah, yeah. So it was very fun for that also. And I'm sure uh, it was interesting for her also to just see where the technology of concrete has come over the years. Oh yes, as someone who's worked with it for so yeah. long. And she, uh, she said the and and the lunch the the fact that it will stay after for right. for years and years. This she was very happy, and she was happy with the 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 white. The, the brightness and the uh, the la teinte, the the type of white we had it's a very nice white it's a so white it was like style. an improvement for her uh, it it was she had find this tone i think and she was happy that we could have a tone of white that was respecting uh, our original work which is a warm white Correct. a very nice white and often artists We are very uh, picky on color, yes. so we see a lot of white mm. in white. We see yeah. a lot of, of yellow in yellow. So, so, so um, white it, is never white. It's, 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 so it's funny. So this time we were able to use the pure material, and the color was just perfect because the the white the white ductile is a very very nice white at the beginning, uh, but we can 
a little bit uh, make it uh, different if we if it's request but the pure color is very very nice and when so in this work uh, that's show in Montreal you can see it uh, uh, in uh, Saint Helen uh, Island oh yeah yeah and uh, then it's there since uh, 2014 so you can also see the aging which is none <laughs> and so um it's uh yeah it's a good it's a good way to discover uh the artwork in Doctal to go in the city uh, even on the bureau d'art public de montreal just on their site i think there is four or five art work in Doctal. So. at least yeah because oh. there's the michel de Bruyne right. l'arc on il saint helen wait uh, this one i think it's il notre dame the other one is oh, il saint helen okay, okay. Right. One work of uh, Mr. Schofield, mm-hmm. uh, not the second one, but uh, not the first one we did with him, but the second one. The one at Place des Arts? Uh, oui, yeah. yes. Right. Uh, on the site of the Bureau d'Art Public de Montréal. And there is a... Which one? Other one? Yeah, it's pretty much this, I think. Yeah. So when an artist comes to you, what are some things that you... like? if I could say mistakes people make or things that they don't consider, are there certain things that you see repeatedly? Yes. If you could just like tell every artist in the world, like, <laughs> this is what you need to know when you come to see us. Yeah. But it's getting easier now because when we first uh, talk over the phone, I can show them on site. On like, often I go to your website, or the website of the artist we work with or the the site of the the owner to Le Bureau d'Art Public de Montréal to show them uh other work. Right. So already I can express um, uh, my uh, concern about what they ask already or uh, to uh, or in the in the other hand to say it's possible see we have done this. So it I use them a lot those uh, previous projects to guide uh, the new artist. Um, so they come to you with a general idea and then there's kind of a back and forth of what's possible, what isn't. Yes, because usually they don't know about the material. Right. They just uh, want to know if it's feasible and at what price. But this is so difficult because right. we can we can easily, pretty easily say it's feasible or not. But the price, it's uh, another uh, thing because it, it, it with artwork, we don't know exactly how we will do it often before we really work at Finding the solution. Right. It's just a feeling of uh, being uh, in the with the material, working with the material for so long, that we know, okay, this is feasible for us. We believe, but it's how we will do it exactly. We still have to think of it. It's mm-hmm. just that we are confident and, test and do some samples. Exactly. So we are confident, and more we do work, more we know that we going to manage, or we know that mm, this project this way. Unfortunately, we will not do it because it's not um, the doctoral material will not be the good material for your project. So we try to rapidly now uh, right. uh, say yes or no. Before we were we were maybe also beginners, so we will just try to make it in doctoral. But now we don't want to do everything. We just want to do the one that um, will uh, have the material express himself right. uh, um, in the good ways like uh, so we so and, and as we know more the material we know more where he is good at usually and there is always a way to push the material a little bit but uh, 
uh, with the budget and the time, you don't want to do it also all the time. And so you, you kind of, it's uh, it's really when we meet a new artist, the 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 first project, like I said before, it's really rare that it's working <laughs> because there's too much things to learn. But um, uh, an ideal project or what I would like to see more uh, in the future is a, a bit like in architecture is that you have um, more time or money to um, to produce the budget um, um, mm. to the client, you know, because it's it's difficult uh, to uh, for for the manufacturer. Uh, to work with artists uh, when we not pay to find all the solution. So right. This is some, you know, when you say there is not many people that are interested, that's because of that also. Because that, uh, uh, in fact, there is a lot of invisible investment. 100%, yeah. And, um, and this is uh, why we, there is not many people that want to do this. Uh, and even us, sometimes we limit, limit ourselves to few projects because of that, because uh, we don't want to do uh, um, working for free uh, anymore. At the beginning, you do it because it's your learning curve. and you think I think a lot of artists feel that way, too. Sometimes when you're kind of new to public art, you just say yes to everything. And then after you do a few of those projects, you start to realize, like, okay, I'm happy with what turned out, but I didn't make any money off that. And exactly. I can't keep saying yes to everything because this isn't sustainable. Right. Exactly what happened with us. So that's why now we, um, we say yes to art still, but we have to be a little bit more uh, precautionist about uh, which on which product we will work, even if we fall in love with pretty much all the artists' mm-hmm. work that's our, uh, proposed to us. But uh, unfortunately, we have to say no sometimes, and right. it's because we have to respect uh, this uh, side of uh, being an entrepreneur. <laughs> but um, so I think what will be make it easier now for art, um, if the commissioner or the people that are making uh, the the first request, uh, if they can allow uh, allow a little bit of money, uh, I would say, and times to do step uh, be, uh, before the the. F- this, the real um, uh, proposition or budget proposition that well, will help. In my experience, the artist gets their lump sum of money, and how they choose to spend it is up to them. And so, you know, some artists might want to take most of that budget and just live off of it and develop their ideas, which can take a very long time. And some artists may have teaching jobs or other jobs that they can live off of and they don't have as much time to work on the maquette, the samples, all the prototypes so they can then pay other people to do more. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a, like, how do you as an artist want to manage that fund? But I I think that from, from my experience, I'm seeing the budgets to artists increasing a little. You're right. Um, And I think that they are realizing that there is so much time that goes into it and that they need to give a little bit more so that there can be more than one sample, maybe two samples. Hmm. But I was going to say to you, I'm assuming that also many artists come to you too late. Oh, you're and also. they don't give you enough time. <laughs> that happened also. Yes. They say, um, I have to present this in one month. <laughs> can I get a sample made before yeah. then? And also, uh, because uh, we're working with uh, a passive uh, uh, we call it slow design because uh, a bit the uh, slow manufacturing because the concrete is uh, 
is uh, is poor and then it's dry is drying on its own with the time right. so it's not fast when mm-hmm. it's and we cannot almost uh, often we don't unmold uh, rapidly because uh, we want to, not to stress the material and so when we do sample it's it's not so important because uh, Uh, it's just a sample. So right. often we only take 24 hours or 48 hours before we unmold. But uh, there is a lot of invisible, invisible time that before this, because we have to make the mold itself mm-hmm. and decide uh, what part of uh, the mold will be um, poor or in which material. And, and sometimes the material for doing the prototype is not the one that we will use in the production of the art, right. the real size art, because uh, it could be, be just because the material is uh, not available in small quantity. Uh, it could be because the, the mold material is too expensive for the budget of the prototype. So we will um, make prototype uh, sometime also in a material that's not important because this is not what you are looking at in the so important. It's not so important in the prototype to to see the reaction of the mold material, but it's more the thickness or the color you want. And you know that people are going to be looking far more closely at the prototype, right? You know, like at six also. inches away from it. <laughs> and people don't really look at finished sculpture or artworks that close. So I know for myself, when I do a sample, I, I have to make sure that it looks really good, super close, because that's how people are going to be evaluating it. And so I agree that sometimes you make different choices based on what, but, you know, obviously you still have to know that you can produce this thing down the road in the budget that you have and uh, not propose something that's being insincere, but just make small aesthetic adjustments for what makes the most sense for this small prototype. Exactly. But it's it's when we work with artists that have more... Um, Um, experience uh, we will see this we will see a person that will do a, a, a prototype that looks really 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 precise and neat knowing that this is in production this is not what he are is looking or hoping but because he has to convince the judge mm-hmm. he will ask us okay can we do this this way but we say okay but we will not do this in production later on no no because it's not going to be working okay so it's there is a a game like this that is fun also because we learn uh, uh, to work differently the material and we see different but sometimes we make something in a prototype scale uh, scale that um, will turns out to be a solution for a, a bigger size later on on another project or so also there is a lot of uh, learning um, in the prototype experience and sometimes with the prototype experience we use other material and we discover the reaction and sometimes you are also like artists you are pleased with their and you change your mind you say oh no I like this right. you will keep this so there is a, a, a it's an important step uh, the prototype and it um, now we kind of not obligate but we really uh discuss this uh, issue with the artists and we make them understand that we will have a little bit of prototype during the process because it's the way we feel more confident to transmit uh, or to express uh, how we will work your material or how it will uh, turns out and because also because ourselves we don't know all the time how it will go out at the end because uh, 
like we said at the beginning, working with artists, we push the limit. So sometimes there is a, a, a zone that we don't know. Like it's a cloudy yeah. zone for us too. So we discover at the same time. And that's why the when we unmold, it's uh, stressful and very happy. <laughs> and exciting. <laughs> and exciting <laughs> because of that. And uh, usually we don't do it with the artists even because uh, it's too stressful <laughs> for us. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the pouring. We like to pour, concentrate. Not uh, with somebody watching. Where I know it's always a request. Like, can we be there when you pour? Can we be there when you unmold? And we try to discourage this because it's just uh, yeah, making it uh, even more stressful. But it, it's because it's so important for us also when we do this part the, the, of the Right, you don't need the extra stress exactly. of having the artist watching you. Yeah, and some artists are anxious. Yeah, and <laughs> so. I'm sure some are more um, <laughs> quick to give, um, I won't say judgments, but maybe advice or suggestions or want to micromanage, which, uh, as you say, just adds to the stress yeah. you're already feeling. And also sometimes when we um, uh, we take it uh, out of the mold, it's the taint, the color is not exactly what you're expecting and right. what you have seen. But it's okay because it's just uh, in 24 hours, it will be exactly uh, like you were thinking it will be. But at that time, new us, we know, but maybe we forgot to let you know that, oh, it's going to be different, the color when it gets out and you'll be upset. So there is a lot of things like this that we don't have to, con to consider in if we do it on our own. <laughs> and then we call the artist uh, when it's ready and we say, okay, it went uh, perfectly. Now come and see uh, your artwork. And uh, also what we like is when the person see uh, the work and when they see it not finished because... Uh, sometimes um, the mold, uh, I mean, all the time the mold will make a little uh, little particle or edge that we have to uh, finish. Right. But uh, more and more we have the artists making their finishing. Right. The, Decide like, to what level they want it to right, finish. And, yeah. and sometimes they get, uh, they keep the, uh, the, the piece um, close to the, the way it gets out of the mold. Right, a little more raw. Raw, yeah. And it's nice also. And sometimes uh, uh, they are uh, falling in love with what they see and right. they change a little bit their mind. And so this is why um, it's interesting to come, when once it's on mold, uh, to come and see the artwork not too far or before we, we start to do the finishing, just in case you like it more like this or just uh, less touch. And... Uh, And because the we don't, I, in my sense, the more we will have the ductal um, express itself uh, with the bubbles and the the decoloration and things like this, the more we will make nice ductal artwork. Right. But it's a it's a process that we do with the client, the artist, and also ourselves. We have to uh, look at the imperfection of the. Of it and don't see it like like an imperfection. Like see it like a this is exactly how it is. And well, you like. mentioned earlier uh, architects like uh, Frank Lloyd Wright and people who've really tried to show the beauty of concrete in, in architecture. So you know, I, I feel your your deep kind of love and appreciation of this material and and in pushing the boundaries of what it can do and showing its beauty, especially in an urban environment. So how do you feel, you know, when you go around the city and you see artworks that you've fabricated? 
What do you think now when you see them and it's been several years, maybe f- that some of them have been produced and they've, they're now kind of like woven in to their surroundings? Yes, this is a very, very nice moment when you see people, let's say, playing uh, ping pong on the table and uh, you stop and go and ask them how oh, how is it or they 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 don't think you're the maker of the table you right. the first step so uh, they said the more oh, the game is good or the the i like this or this up at the table or we have another table further so you can go <laughs> okay, no no i just want to know uh, how the, the product uh, responds to uh, experience uh, to your experience and and to also see how it age and everything, so um, it's a, it's always a nice moment to see that the 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 work we do in Doctol they they keep um, they they don't change uh, much, and so that's uh, what make it um, nicer now that we have example uh, the oldest table ping pong table are 2013. So tables are going to have 10 years old and right. you don't see the difference. And sometimes we put a second table because it's so popular. Right. Uh, the city say, okay, make the second one. And after a few uh, rains, it's at the same level because it's just uh, keep the little shiny of, a, you know, like a new shoes sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> White shoes. But then after they, they, they're pretty much the same. So, so I like also this because you don't know which one was there five years before or not yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. So, yeah, that's that show exactly what we want to express, that this concrete is something different. It's very long, 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 has a long longevity, and it's a very uh, precious concrete in this sense. What is it about the urban environment that you find uh, inspiring to work with and and to propose ideas to the city to have your products in that kind of environment? Because it can be a harsh environment mm-hmm. and uh, uncontrollable. Yes. What I like to design uh, as a uh, as a urban furniture is a, a piece that will make people uh, play, like the ping pong table, together, socialize, meet uh, the neighbors mm-hmm. or the other generation. Right. And this happened. And now we're working also on table, on um, uh, benches, uh, picnic table, benches, uh, planters, uh, because also we want to have an, imp- an impact on uh, bringing more um, um, maybe flowers. Or um, We work also uh, in the verticality. So we have um, not planters, but uh, uh, tree. Um, oh, right. Plants can vine up. Yes, and grow upward. And in winter, it's also nice because it's like a little uh, piece of furniture that is staying there. And if you have used color, uh, the express also during uh, winter time, it makes a contrast. Or if it's white or uh, light gray, it's kind of camouflage itself. Mm. Uh, you see more divine uh, resting from the winter time. Uh, so it's um, it's interesting to work the concrete also in the in the urban life because uh, you will get the advantage we discussed before like it, uh, it will keep uh, well um, the quality will maintain uh, and it's also very soft touch and very precise so we can uh, design um, mold that will have uh, edges that will be smooth so if you are very well dressed and you sit down on uh, 
a con uh, ductile concrete um, urban furniture, but you will not um, make break your... Uh, oh, like a snag, the fabric. Exactly. Right. So this, I think of this when I, mm. I designed the bench. And so that's why I don't want the, 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 the finishing to be with the tool, but more in the mold. So right. we uh, we don't uh, have this problem, and in what's nice, uh, this will not happen often in the art, uh, public art, because it's often just a one piece, um, one mold, one mold, one yeah. piece, a single pour, exactly. But I think this is something that the artist can uh, think um, if they want to uh, make artwork that use the same mold to make. A whole piece, look. So it's an element that you multiply, and it makes your piece. So this is a good way to um, make it a, a production that the mold impact will be less important, and also or to multiply it in different color or the same color with right. the same mold. Right. This is also very good. This is what we do in in urban furniture or in our own design mm. uh, to overcome all the the fee that are linked to production mold, right. conception of the mold, uh, yeah, uh, so much the engineer fees. Labor and, and planning goes into just figuring uh, out how to make the mold. Yes. So, and then you only use it once. Yeah. So yeah. that's why uh, I I like uh, working uh, the repetition. And it doesn't mean that you don't you're losing on the personalization because you can always add at the time you pour the color pigment right. or so or a little uh, element sometimes we just put a little um, change in the mold that's been think uh, we have thought of it before and that makes uh, a personalization that gets me get the, the logo or uh, a pattern right. um, this is also um, we developed this for urban furniture but i think sometimes it can echo in uh, artwork or an artist's solution to sure. multiply um, his work or to get... Or be part of their concept, the exactly. idea of multiplication, yes. repetition. Yes. Or personalization. Or, and, uh, because, wait, so this is, uh, this is tricks that we, we use uh, in our own design that can be yeah, catch or use in the art uh, world, I would say, more and more eventually. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss or ask me before we close things off? <laughs> uh, it's a good occasion to let you know that uh, we always appreciate to work with uh, with artists and especially with you. We have done a lot of work that unfortunately was not shown. Uh, I sometimes I wish we can have exposition of the mold. Mm. Even the mold that are destroyed to show all the work that were not yeah. seen. I often, and I'm sure one day, one day I want to have an exhibition of my prototypes and my maquettes and my concepts I because <laughs> so much work goes into them, and some of them are such great ideas. It just, you know, it just didn't work for that site. And I know for myself, I think one of the lessons I've learned is. Um, and it's not a bad thing, I guess, but I think sometimes I'm overly ambitious. And you are too. And so then that's like two forces of people who <laughs> want to push limits. And that's great. But, you know, I think sometimes I've been a little maybe too ambitious in what I want to propose. Um, uh, yes, this is true. And, it's, and, it's hard. And I agree that it's uh, both sides that has this uh, way of doing. But I, I think with age and we get 
wiser a little bit on that. And I think we will, uh, this is why it's nice to work uh, with artists on, on the, uh, in many years uh, mm -hmm. uh, together, because I think this we better now. Or often the person already comes and we slow, uh, we, at the very beginning, we say, okay, we will do it 80% of what the size you express right now. Are you okay with this? Okay, okay, let's start. Right, because you need, especially now, you need March with um, so much fluctuation in pricing. You know, I know for myself in the beginning, I did not ever allow enough for my contingency. So that's a lesson that I now know I need to have a larger amount because so much changes in the process. And if a project is delayed one or two years, then prices go up. And so you, you really need to have some safety margin. Mm. But I think, too, you know, what you were saying earlier about choosing your projects, I think as an artist, I'm also learning what to say yes to, but also how ambitious to be with a certain budget or a certain set of constraints and knowing, okay, so when do I bring out this idea? When does it make sense? When do I have enough money to properly do this and do it successfully and not always feel like I have to squeeze everything in to prove something? You know, you want to do something. I mean, I think I have done everything mm -hmm. competently and within yes. budget. Um, Actually. But there's there's a time and a place, uh, you know, physically a site to do certain things. And I always want to keep pushing limits and, and challenging myself. But, you know, there's there's also sort of a, a limit of, well, when is this really appropriate? And when do I just keep this idea and maybe use it somewhere else? Because everything comes back, right? Everything's kind of cyclical. Yeah, and you see, we see it because sometimes you, you come back on another uh project where we remember ah oh, this is a piece we developed for on this project that exactly. did not work or that it worked differently and and this I like and also the sizing I think often uh, it's a mistake to think that bigger will be better because mm. um, it, we tend to see that a lot the project are just just in size this uh, the object itself it's just crazily big for right. nothing but not for nothing I, I understand this idea of the monumentals but sometimes and even probably more with so precise material if you if you do smaller pieces in shape in size you can get the details details and it could express monumental by the details or by so i think there is a way also of uh, working uh, with the tactile that could be maybe less big piece sometimes if the budget is not there And even if the budget is there and you do multiplication or you do... Uh, so I think we will see more and more of this because uh, with uh, this is what I see with artists that we've been working a little bit more. They they have, like, like you said, they, they, come, they come to us with a different point of view now. They don't want to do this perfect thing big. Right. They said, okay, let's start. And they, we work together and we do more the ping pong game. And it the makes experience, it, the experience starts and, to show. Oh, it's so fun. Mm -hmm. And this is why we want to keep doing art. Because yeah. it's, it's, when it's um, uh, well done like this, it's a real pleasure. It can, it's like a vacation in your year also. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear that you still get pleasure from it. <laughs> yeah, I think it sounds like... Uh, Your feelings are the same as artists, where sometimes you feel like you don't want to keep doing this, but you just keep get pulled back in. Because <laughs> there is such a joy in trying to figure out new things. Right. So, exactly. So yeah, every year we say, okay, do we do artwork any, again? But we may, 
we will say yes at the end because we remember the good time. But uh, exactly. So it's and you focus on the final product exactly. in the end. Yeah. And and also with the knowledge, we find us on, we we uh, we focus on next time we will advise them a little more or we will um, uh, say yes or no quicker or we we want to also get better with uh, artists and in our process because we want to see more uh, work at the end that uh, but the work are too always pleasing and at the end I'm always surprised like we managed to every time we did the work even our art it was we're always happy with the result and uh, that means the artist is happy with the result also and but um i i think um some i think now we are happy during the process also which is it's not as important. stressful <laughs> so this is what uh, we tend to do more and more now right? those days mm. cool thank you so much for sitting down with me today it's been a real pleasure to chat with you more and to hear all your insight and uh, about all your experience in working with artists <laughs> merci beaucoup merci <laughs> For further information about today's guest and to learn more about the podcast, follow the Art in the Open link at ShellyMillerStudio.com. And don't forget to keep exploring Art in the Open. Music